Welcome back to a new season of the On My Heart podcast. This season, we are doing something a little different. We are still sharing testimonies, but we are centering these testimonies around different Christian disciplines and themes with practical advice and wisdom from God's Word. As always, I hope and pray that this podcast is glorifying to God and a blessing and encouragement to you. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Ms. Angie Smith join us. As you know that we've been uh, this season doing different topics and godly disciplines, and this time I'm going to talk about godly love. And when Caitlin and I were praying about and making these topics and thinking about people we thought would be appropriate, we both felt very strongly that we wanted to have Miss Angie on here. She is just one of the most loving people that I know. And so I'm so excited to hear and learn from her today. So thank you for being here. And yeah, thank you. Yes, I'm so excited. And what is your testimony? Well, I, um, I've lived in Memphis since 2005. So I've, it's most of my life I've been in Memphis. However, I grew up in South Arkansas, so I was born, lived in the same house my whole life until I got married, and um, it's a small farming community, and I don't think I would have wanted to live or grow up anywhere else. I absolutely loved it, and uh, the community is filled with little churches, so every like mile or two, there's a, there's a little church. And then another couple miles, there's another little church. And um, so my family went to the little church that's closest to our house. And I think, I mean, just my whole life I knew um, that the Lord loved me. And I'd heard truths like that. God mm. loves you. He's for you. He's made, He's uh, Jesus died and rose again. He's in heaven preparing a place for you right now. Like those kind of things were taught to me. So that's what um, my thoughts of God were as a young girl. And at about seven years old, I was at a big church in the city closest to where I grew up with some of my mom's sisters. Their families went to that church. And they had an altar call. And seven-year-old me just went up by myself like just walked up to the altar and with about there's probably 70 people around this altar and um anyway the the next thing I knew they're ushering us back to behind stage to talk to us about the gospel and I can remember um my mom and my aunt came back there and they were both just weeping happy tears Mm. and I really don't think I grasp what was um, going on at the moment. I just knew that the preacher had said, if you want to go to heaven, come down here now. And I did. Yeah. Because who doesn't want to go to heaven? So I did. And um, so I thought I was a Christian at that moment. You know, and, and I grew up thinking into my teenage years, I'm a believer because of what I did when I was seven years old, putting all my hope and um, all the stock of my faith into that Mm, ultra call moment. But as I got into my teenage years, oh, I felt uh, the weight of my sin started to really weigh on me. And... um, 
as I read God's word, I knew that this wasn't what a Christian life looked like. Mm -hmm. I couldn't reconcile the way that I lived with the way that God's word said a person who loves him should live. Yeah. And, you know, in Psalms, it talks about I was wasting away. Like when David's talking about my bones were giving out and just the sickness that he felt over his sin. And I started feeling that way, just physically ill from the weight of my sin. Uh, It felt like life was being drained from me. Mm -hmm. But um, I was about 18 years old, and the church I was going to, we were doing BBS. And the pastor asked me to share my testimony. Mm. And when I got up in front of all those kids, I started talking about going down to an altar when I was seven years old. And then I thought, that just, that sounds like I'm relying on me. And at this point, Mm. I had been in church enough to know that um, Christ, it's his work that saved me. Right. And so when I'm telling my testimony, I don't speak up. There's nothing about what Christ has done for me. And I kept, my testimony was all about me. It was all about what I'd done and the moral life I had lived. So um, it was after that evening when I shared that I was broken. I just mm. broke. Wow. And I went, I was um I just started talking to Brian, like we were in the courtship process, and I asked him that night if I could just share with him what was on my heart because I was scared. I was thought he's not going to want to date me anymore if he hears that I'm struggling with my salvation, but I couldn't hold it in. Yeah. I could not pretend like life was good because it was just, I was devastated. So... um I told Brian how I was, I expressed it, how I felt, and he said, um, why don't you read Psalm 51, and then why don't you spend the next few weeks in a gospel, and so I did, and I thought Psalm 51 just was, it was my language to the Lord, because mm. exactly how I felt, Yeah. and then I started reading John, so I was in the book of John, and all throughout John, it's belief 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 and um, I started thinking I put all this all this trust in what I had done and then when you read the book of John it's about the word became flesh he came to dwell among us it was everything that Christ had done for us Mm. and so then I was about 18 or 19 years old then I realized that my salvation wasn't upon me you know that wasn't um there was freedom yeah in those moments or in those few weeks where the lord revealed to me it is by grace you have been saved yeah through faith and and that's not of yourselves it's a gift from the lord and so i believe that's when i was converted around 18 or 19 and (laughs) i said to brian i said i'm I believe I'm a believer now. Before, I'm not saying that all those years the Lord wasn't drawing me to himself. Right. But I was free from a moral gospel of trying to do good and trying to meet all these standards 
of um, like what is good and what is right because they just crumble and they change constantly. You know, like what's good today might not be good tomorrow or vice versa. And um, anyway, I asked Brian, I said, what do I do now? Do I need to be baptized? So he said, absolutely, <laughs> you need to be <laughs> baptized. And he suggested that I start meeting with a lady to help me learn how to study the Bible and to develop a relationship with Jesus through God's Word. So I did that for a couple of years. I met with a lady who's my aunt. She's my mom's older sister. Oh, sweet. And she just um, took me through several books of the Bible, and she taught me how to pray. Mm. Like, we would um, write our prayers down, and so she kept journals of, prayers that she had written that were it sounded like songs I just loved it I loved doing that it was just such a worship filled time in my life which you know most people's conversion is you're just so thankful to be known and loved and um, just that it feels very scary to be vulnerable especially like telling Brian I'm not sure of my salvation yeah and the fear of the rejection that could come with that but then instead there's so much grace yeah and tenderness so I think that was the first moment that I ever felt known and loved Mm. from someone on earth and wow I think that my parents love me like that like they see the good the bad and the ugly as a little girl and they still just uh loved me so much right but you take that for granted because you think they're my parents they're supposed to love me but when someone um, outside of your family loved you like that, I think that's the greatest gift. Mm. It's so wonderful. That's be beautiful. I was going to say, I just, I was so glad that you quoted a f- that verse, the couple of verses from Ephesians. Mm-hmm. That was exactly what I was thinking about by grace you saved through faith, mm-hmm. not of yourselves. It, give a, it is a gift of God. And also thought it was so sweet how you were telling your testimony made you realize what you were lacking. And that was Christ's work, you know? And I think that is just so um, powerful that that is when just how he had been working on you throughout your life and throughout even sharing your testimony. Um, But another thing, just talking about godly love, and it caught my attention when you were talking about that was outside of your family, that was the first time that you felt known and loved, and it was really scary and vulnerable. And it just made me think and just want to, Offer the advice um, if you are in a place where you think that you'll be rejected by telling the truth about something or by, you know, confessing and then, you know, maybe you you don't do it because you're afraid or um, whatever the situation is, you need to do it because that is a test of that love to see if this is the right place that you needed to be in, you know, and then him giving you such good God honoring advice. He wasn't just relying on his wisdom. Like, well, let me tell you if you're a Christian or not, you know, that would have been a red flag too, but he sent you to God's word. And I just think talking about love and God honoring love, that was such, um, a good proof of that. And I just wanted to, um, kind of highlight that for a moment, but please continue. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, the known and loved thing, uh, uh, it's not just Brown anymore, but like I have other people in my life who 
um, know and love me, mm. it, especially in the church, the local church, like our church. I just, I'm so thankful for that gift. And um, I don't, I, I guess they know, like, the physical struggles that I go through, like having the autoimmune disease and then, um, especially when we very first moved here, I was very, very sick and thought nobody's going to want to be my friend. I'm just mm. a, I'll bring everybody down kind of oh. Like, uh, well, Angie can't do this or Angie's not going to be able to go. But that was not the case at mm. all. In fact, it was, how can we serve you? Um, let me love your family this way. Wow. And not only did it preach to my soul that, the kindness and mercy and love of Christ, but my family would come and stay with us a lot because I was so sick just to help out, but it did it to my mom and dad. Like, mm. they were able to experience the love of Christ from others in the church serving wow. our family while I was sick. And um, those those were hard years, like, to struggle through... Um, like, I talked to several other women who had the same illness as me. And to hear, like, from one lady was real bitter that she had been sick, bitter at the Lord. And then another lady would say, this is what the Lord has for us. Mm. And she just was content in uh, the circumstance and the situation. So I, I wrestled with my uh, warring against the bitterness and then pleading with the Lord to give me joy in Him in mm. hard times. But it was that then that He started showing me, be thankful for this. Like in this hard season, you ha- you're being loved by people that you, har- you don't know that well. And they're loving you. They're yeah. serving you above and beyond what most people would. And um, so I just was thankful well, during that whole season yeah. for... Uh, the love of Christ displayed from the local church to my family. But um, also, just I think because I knew that they loved me despite all of that, I felt more at ease sharing what was on my heart. Mm. Like I can say to them, uh, like even recently I said to a couple of ladies uh, that that flight or fight, you know? yeah. I, I lean toward more towards fight. <laughs> I have really been struggling with not wanting to just act on it. Like mm-hmm. when I see any kind of injustice or where I think something's wrong, I, I want to immediately like voice my opinion or come at somebody. And that's not always the wisest thing to do. But I voice to these ladies, there's my heart. This is where it's at right now. Please pray for me mm-hmm. that the Lord will soften my heart. And then I will be gentle, and because a gentle answer turns away wrath. Yeah. Like you don't need to. You're not the Justice League. You <laughs> need to just let the Lord handle it. So, um, I feel known and loved, like by other people now, and that's, um, it's a very good good thing. Yeah. And I teach at Bellevue two days a week, and I just told my class yesterday. All three of my classes, I said, I talked about the love of God, and then I talked about being known and loved by others is the greatest gift. And I pray that Mm. for all those kids, that they'll experience that, to be Mm. known and to be loved. 
But um, the love of Christ, I'll say this about Christ-honoring love real quick. I think it's two categories that um, it can be broken into. So Christ-honoring love, we can love the Lord in return with the love that he has loved us with, and then we can love others from that same love. Mm. And um, when Brian and I very first got married, I was given three books from Brother Rick Couples. <laughs> uh, him and Miss Carol gave us three books, and they were all by the same author, and his name was Gene Edwards. And one of those books was called The Divine Romance. Have y'all heard of it? I haven't. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to read it now. <laughs> I know. It's so, it is so good. I've read it two or three times. But it starts in, I want to say Genesis, maybe Exodus, but they start at the beginning of uh, the Bible, and then it takes you through several parts of the Bible, several, several different like epics or mm-hmm. airs or whatever you want to say. But there's two characters, and it's God and then his people. And that book totally changed my perspective on um, God's love for us. Mm-hmm. I saw it uh, when it, the Word talks about how we're the bride of Christ, the church. Um, I see the church as a mate to Christ like he Mm. loves her he wants to take care of her and like how a husband is supposed to wash his wife with the word he he's doing that with us every week he's washing us with his word and anyway I just I love that kind of love Mm -hmm. like to see God's love in a in that romantic type way when it says divine romance I just thought this is wonderful like I was begging Brian to read it because I just thought it was so sweet. But that was, um, that helped me learn to be mindful of my love towards God. Mm-hmm. Like to be, just like Valentine's Day is coming up. Yes. But how we express our love to our special someone or whatever, to our kids or to whoever. But I want to be mindful to express my love mm. to the Lord. And that's beautiful. Um, whatever ways that I can. Yeah. But in the divine romance they give you, like he's talking about what pleases the Lord, the love that pleases the Lord. And it's so sweet. And in the end, of course, it's culmination of this marriage and it's Jesus with Mm. the bride. It's so sweet. I'm giving it away. but (laughs) Not like y'all didn't know. And then, um, some scriptures that came to mind, uh, when talking about how we should give love back to Christ is First John four nineteen. We love because He first loved us, mm-hmm. and I I think that goes back to the the love that we love the Lord with is it's like we're reflecting it back to Him. Mm-hmm. And um, then in the Psalms, in Psalm one sixteen one, it says, "I love the Lord because He's heard my voice and my pleas for mercy." And all throughout the Psalms. That, that's all over the Psalms. I love the Lord because, like, there's all these different reasons why we ought, there's so many reasons mm. why we ought to love Him. But I think the greatest one is because He first loved us. Yeah. And um, practically that looks like spending time with Him mm-hmm. and enjoying Him 
Yeah. And I think, you know, they talk about all these love languages. I just think expressing, expressing it in any way we can towards the Father is how we show that we love Him. But another way that we show we love Him is in the way that we love others. Mm-hmm. And um, in Philippians 2, verses 3 through 8, I quoted this to the kids yesterday. Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking Mm -hmm. the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. And I talked about... um, how do we know how to love each other? It's funny that y'all asked me to talk on this, and then I came here today yeah. talking this, and I had talked to my classes about it yesterday. And thank God was preparing you for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. But I talked to them about how do we know how to love each other, and um, it was silence. <laughs> Not one kid in any class said anything, but I was like, God's word? Like, that's the way that we know how? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But um, it's very clearly laid out in God's word how we ought to love. If all we had were the Ten Commandments, we would know how to love each other. Yeah. But praise be to God, he gave us his son who lived them perfectly mm-hmm. and who is a perfect example of the love that the Father has for us. Yeah. And so um, we have that in him. We have that example of pure, perfect love. And um, I think you can't you can't have love without humility. Like they mm, go that's hand such in a hand. good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I got two more verses that I thought about. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, please but share. But like First John, in chapter four, it talks about um, beloved. Let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. I just, um, those kind of verses. So my mom is reading 1 John right now, and she'll FaceTime me and say, "Um, I'm struggling with this, Angie. I don't know if I'm doing this, or what does this mean? Uh, But she's been in 1 John, and she called the night before last about, a question she had about mm. some word. She just wants to know, does this word, is it literal? Or is this, does this mean like future? <laughs> and anyway, we, we talked about like how hard it is to love. Mm. It's very hard when someone's, someone seems unlovable. But then you go back to, we love because he first loved us. Yeah. And we were, we are unlovable. There's nothing, we bring nothing to the Mm. Lord. And um, I think if we think even the slightest bit highly of ourselves, like even if we think there is something desirable about me, you have, your pride is so great. Mm. (laughs) If you think that there's anything desirable Mm. about you to the Lord other than himself. Wow. And um, so that's what we were talking about the other night just how um, God has commanded us to love 
And there's so many things in God's Word that He's commanded us to do. And then He gives us, by His Spirit, the ability to do these things. And I, when I was, um, when we first started going to Grace Church, the text in John, I think it's in John, where it says, If you love me, you'll keep my commands. Wrecked me. I I didn't know how to respond to that. I prayed for weeks for the Lord to help me obey Him. And then I was just, it, it felt kind of like I did before I was converted, that weight of sin and the weight of disappointing the Lord and all of those things were pressing on me. But, um, I, and then I started reading, like, what does Jesus say about His commands? And He says in... Uh, John, is it John 13? A new command I give you, mm, that you, you love, love one, one another. another. Yeah. And I thought, there's freedom in these commands. Mm. They're not burdensome. They're not mm. heavy. It's not hard to want to do that because of God's Spirit. I want to do those things. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, I was so freed from that burden and wearing that, just the struggle of thinking I'd didn't love the Lord enough mm-hmm. because I wasn't obedient enough. But then it goes back to He loves. Yeah. He loves and so we ought to just love Him in return. Yeah. And I think because of the way I grew up, I told you I was in a moral community, real mm-hmm. moral gospel that I think probably every day of my life I'm going to struggle with uh, is the Lord disappointed in me? Mm. Because um, of the wanting to do good to please and the wanting to dot every I and cross every T because of that's how I grew up. But man, there's so much freedom in submission to Christ Mm -hmm. and there's so much freedom in the sovereignty of God and the way that he chooses us, loves us, and he keeps us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have been just touched today by everything that you were saying. I There are so many things I could highlight. I, I did just want to re- touch on this again. You saying that we're, um, we love him with that same love that he loved us with. It's reflecting back to him, and it reflects back to others. I just love the way that you put that. It really resonated with me. And then I also was thinking about how you were struggling with bitterness in your suffering and how these people were loving you. And um, I just had this thought, which it's just something that only comes from the Lord, that you wouldn't have experienced that same love for your specific situation if you hadn't been going through the suffering. And I thought about the verse in James, kind of all joys when you go through trials. The Lord the Lord knows how to minister to us and you he knew that you needed that to experience this love the Lord shows love to us it's not all this you know I guess how the world will portray love all the time and that's why I wanted to point that out but thank you for sharing also the humility and love there's so many aspects I'm not going to get into it y'all think I'm going to talk for 45 more minutes but I'm not going to but is there anything else that you would like to say in closing about this Man, I could talk the whole day about this. Seriously, yeah. I was like, she gave me the wrong topic, <laughs> and it's not cap. There's no cap. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I, 
I just think, again, to be known and to be loved is the greatest yes. gift. That's beautiful. And mm-hmm. love how you said love God and love others. To close, I'm just going to read. I'm sure you all know it, but I never get tired of it. First Corinthians 13, I'm going to read several verses that I know you all know, but I hope that it ministers to your heart today. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not vaunt up, vaunt up itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemingly. It does not seek its own. It is not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you have any questions or want to talk about anything that you heard on the podcast, DM us on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook at On My Heart Podcast. We would love to hear from you. Finally, I just want to leave you with a theme verse of the podcast, which is 1 Corinthians 15:58. It says, Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.